APU. American Public University is proud to present the following podcast. Hello, I'm Dr. Marie Goulds Harper, the Program Director of the Management Program at American Public University. Today, we have two guests with us to discuss what I think is an exciting topic during this period of time. We have Mr. Christopher Canato, an associate at Ballard Spar, and we have Ms. Cynthia Gentelli, our new associate professor at APU, who is also responsible for our employee relations certificate program. Welcome, Christopher and Cynthia. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great. Today, I wanted to discuss something I think is very relevant, and it has to do with politics in the workplace. We have had a lot of things go on in social media as well as the public in terms of people being very strong in regards to their opinions about what's going on in the political world. And with November coming up, I was particularly interested in getting feelers out as far as what employers are experiencing with their employees. In the past, there were two topics we never talked about in the workplace, and that was religion and politics. If we did, it was in a very civil manner. But with the introduction of social media, it seems like all gloves are off. So with that said, my first question, and I want to start with Christopher, has, in your opinion, has politics always been commonplace as a discussion topic among colleagues, or have you noticed an uptick recently? And that's a great question. And as you note, with fall being here and November on the way, I think we're going to see politics and political activity become even more relevant again in the discussions that we're having in the workplace. I will say that I think going back historically, there's always been a certain degree of discussion about the goings on of the world in the workplace, people watching the news and gathering at the water cooler going back for decades. But certainly since 2016 and and maybe even late 2015 and the buildup to that campaign season, the tone, the tenor of the political issues that are being discussed took on a new character, a new shape and became more and more prevalent. Also, I'm an employment lawyer, so I work with my clients to make sure that they're abiding by all the employment laws that apply to private employers, certainly. And the conversation topics that were coming out of those political discussions were starting to get really close to those hot button issues like religion, like race, like gender, and other issues like that that we have to be very careful about when they come up in the workplace to make sure that employees feel like they're being treated with respect and to make sure that employers feel like they're on the right side of the law with how they're handling those conversations. I would certainly agree with Chris that politics has always been a topic that was discussed around the proverbial water cooler. But I do believe that in the current contentious environment, individuals are more informed, or at least they believe that they are more informed. And there is more civic engagement. And as such, it brings those topics into the workplace. In our classroom at APU, we don't shy away from those controversial topics. We give students a space to discuss them in a way that is consistent with the learning goals of a course. And I have definitely seen an uptick in 
informed and thoughtful responses, but responses to my questions that are more just engaged with the topic and willing to sort of explain or present your own opinion. Great. Thank you. Today's managers face constant challenges in achieving success in competitive national and international markets. At American Public University, grow your skills in areas such as business administration, hospitality management, and global leadership. Take the next step in your management journey and apply today at study at apu.com. I had another question, but I want to go to something because Chris mentioned it, and it was the role of the employer. Both of you. What do you think employers should be mindful in handling political discussions and disputes? What would you recommend to employers? What should they do to be proactive, to have something in place that would allow employees to know what's expected of them in terms of the elections that are coming up? Christopher, did you want to start? Yeah, I'm happy to. And it's a great question because What I often will tell employers about how to handle these sorts of issues is to take a step back. It's a great time to be thinking about how you're going to be handling conflicts that may arise. So taking a step back, the real issue is, do you have a workplace in which employees feel respected? Do you have policies in place that tell your employees what kinds of conversations are appropriate and what kinds of conversations are not? Do you have good reporting procedures in place for employees to use if they feel like they've been disrespected or if they feel like conversations or activities in the workplace have started to verge on things that are not permissible in the workplace? And if you have a workplace that breeds respect among employees and between employees and management, you're already ahead of the game for dealing with those controversial topics and topics on which there might be disagreement because you have already put in place the policies, procedures, and the culture that allows people to disagree respectfully. I'll just add that this is something where a culture and a sense of workplace is formed over time. And as such, the culture that allows for respectful disagreement even is not something that you can just start six weeks before an election per se. In the classroom, I feel that I have the same responsibility as an employer in that I have to be prepared for those conflicts when they come up, but I view my position as one where I can consciously create a safe space for students to engage in in disagreement and in discussions as long as that's done in a respectful manner. And that's a great opportunity to practice those skills in the classroom and take them with you to your workplace. Great. I'm going to do something a little bit different. I want to pose a question and I want to start with Cynthia and then go to Christopher. And the reason I want to do it that way is I want to talk about our students at APU. One of the things that I noticed in both the certificate programs and the degree programs, we have students who are already managers. So Some of them may be going through this or when they're in classes might bring up topics and solicit feedback from their peers regarding what should they do. At the managerial level, the people who have to manage the grassroots, what would your advice be to them in terms of how to curb the tension around any political strife that may arise? I, again, would suggest that while there could be situations that arise that are one-off type problems, 
that this is something that is cultural within a workplace and it takes some time to build and develop that. I know that as to my students that are in a managerial position or role, they're very aware that tensions within the workplace lead to decreased productivity and, or could have an impact on not just the bottom line, but the, the, the branding of that, that company. And so they're very aware that they need to be engaged in a, a productive and affirmative process where they can counsel their staff and employees to connect in a respectful way because otherwise the ultimate bottom line is productivity and and that can be impacted negatively. So I do see that with our students that come to us at that level, that this is something they are thinking about and that they are welcoming an opportunity to think through in the classroom. Christopher, you have any comments? I know I was talking about the classroom, but it's just in general, you being an employment lawyer, what would you do if you had a potential client contact you today? And said, I have a very high level situation going on in my workplace and I need some type of intervention. What are some things that you would probably do? It's a great question. A great way to think about it is to step outside the rubric of politics for a moment and and sort of look at it with a step back. What kinds of tools does a manager have to diffuse any situation? Sometimes I'll use the example of two football fans because we know that there's no uh, discrimination that occurs based on classification of, well, someone's an Eagles fan. I sit here in Philadelphia, by the way, go birds, (laughs) sitting here in Philadelphia and someone's a New York Giants fan. That's not, you know, a protected classification. If there's a conflict among the employees based on that, you need the tools to be able to diffuse that conflict. And if somebody says, Based out of a conflict like that, well, you've discriminated against me because I'm from a different part of the country, or maybe my manager has treated me disrespectfully because of some other objection that they have to my behavior. You have tools in place that will allow the employer to intervene, to diffuse the situation, to deal with a bona fide complaint of someone feeling disrespected or discriminated against. So allowing managers, supervisors, HR to be able to discern between when a situation needs to be diffused and when employees need to be refocused or when there is a bona fide complaint and an investigation and possible as a result of someone being inappropriate in the workplace, that's a good way to stay out in front of issues that can come up when you have political disagreement coming up in the workplace. Great. You mentioned something that I think is a key to any type of conflict resolution, and that is behavior. One of the things that I've noticed is that reactions to topics such as political issues or the examples that you provided, I think they are dependent on whether it's a face-to-face, like you're actually there in the workplace, or whether you're online. And what I've seen over the last 18 months, or I should say since the last election, is that social media has become a focal point of how people express themselves. So now we have situations where how a person may react when they're in a face-to-face environment is totally different when they're in the privacy of their home and the people that they're talking with have no immediate or direct access to them. I've found people to be more vocal and aggressive in their comments. With that said, 
Would you say that social media has been a hindrance or an enabler when it comes to perpetrating things like political ideas in and out of the office? Like, does it start online in a social environment and carry over into the office? What are your thoughts? It's interesting. You know, it certainly is a social media is a tool that people can use to express their views and that people use to consume news and political discussion. And sometimes that does come into the workplace. You could be learning about your peers or even your supervisors in ways that you would not have 10, 20 years ago. Something that's important for employers to keep in mind as they're dealing with these issues is supervisors are different in that a supervisor can potentially influence their employees through their political discussion, making an employee feel potentially discriminated against or, or setting the, a tone that it makes an employee feel uncomfortable if a political conversation goes in a, a, the wrong direction. We'll, we'll say that someone's expressing political views that are not just bona fide political views anymore, but start to infringe upon protected classifications race, sex, religion are a few of those. And so employers do need to be mindful of that. And employers are allowed to tell supervisors. A quick footnote here is we're talking about private employers, not public employers, because that's a different classification, different rights there. Also, there are some states in which even supervisors have state law protections about how they exercise their political rights. But speaking in the a general at-will employment scenario, private employment scenario, employers can tell supervisors, you have to be careful about what you express online because you cannot make employees feel uncomfortable if what you're saying touches upon issues of race, sex, gender, and other protected classifications. So it's something that employers should be mindful of and be very careful and make sure that their employees understand how what they're saying affect one another and that they should in the workplace and out, even if they're typing away out of the workplace, making sure that they are being respectful and projecting a respectful identity to the world. So first in terms of social media and its effects on the workplace, what we've seen is that we really have blurred the lines between work and private in a very significant way through social media. It was one thing when we would just go out with some friends after work or, or just engage with each other on a lunch hour. But now when work friends are also friends online, they're seeing each other in different ways. And just as Chris said, with regard to that supervisory role, if you and your staff have or a, a member of your staff have a disagreement on a social media platform, that can very easily carry over into the workplace. Even if that disagreement is just theoretical, I would also suggest that it's really important for companies to remember that their brand can be affected by someone's presence online. So if you have an employee that's carrying on or posting a lot of kind of incendiary things, and they also have within their profile where they work, that can become an issue for the employer. And it's obviously a very sticky issue in terms of how much of an effect an employer can have over a person's individual speech. Great. Can I jump in? Just number one, I completely agree with everything Cynthia just said. I also wanted to add that some particular topics, employers have to be careful in how they regulate. So number one, important to promote respectful culture and to think about branding. 
Number two is that most employers have to be careful when employees are engaging in conversations regarding working conditions, which doesn't sound like something that connects with politics all that much, but you would be surprised how easy it is to draw a line between discussions concerning working conditions and politics. And the reason I bring that up is the National Labor Relations Act protects employees' rights to engage in protected and concerted activity for mutual aid and protection. So an employee, for example, supporting Fight for 15, um, an employee supporting you know, a raise to the minimum wage or a political issue that relates to employment issues generally, what we're not talking about is individual employee gripes about their own working conditions, but something that generally relates to working conditions for other employees as well, that can be protected and usually is protected under the National Labor Relations Act. So it's a really, really tricky line to walk sometimes as employees start to deal with this. And there's case law out there about um, employers who've disciplined employees for tweeting about some gripe about the workplace and the NLRB trying to sort out, well, is this about the individual employee gripes or is this about mutual aid and protection? And it can be really uh, difficult to sort out. So I think, again, highlighting some of the things Cynthia mentioned, what kind of culture are you promoting in the workplace and out of the workplace and thinking those issues through carefully in each individual scenario um, is a really important thing. To- Interesting. Both of you have brought up some very good points And it has led me to think about a couple of things. First thing is we have a lot of training in the workplace in terms of like maybe sexual harassment or security issues. It seems as though that we may want to consider since we're into like the soft skills, making sure people have problem solving skills, critical thinking skills, that they also have social etiquette. We can't assume that people know the right thing to do. I think of some of the times that I'm on social media and how easy it is for one general question to be thrown out. And before you know it, maybe 15 or 20 people have jumped in. And depending on the tone of the conversation and the comments, I I think people get caught up in the heat of the moment and some things come out that they may not have necessarily wanted to put in print, but it's out there. And some of those comments could be about the workplace and employees really need to be careful about that. And I think we as employers need to develop something. I'm a firm believer in, yes, we have people who are employed by us and we pay them a salary to do a job. But I also see a indirect responsibility in terms of sometimes assisting employees with things that occur outside of the workplace. And I think this is a perfect topic and a perfect example. With that said, I think we're at the point of closing remarks. Do either one of you have any additional comments that you would like to add at this time? I would just close by commenting on the importance of building that respectful community, whether it is in the workplace or in the classroom, and taking the opportunity to step back especially before putting a comment in a social media or any type of written platform and thinking about um, the impact that that can have on your day-to-day employment opportunities and workplace community. And in the classroom, I do encourage students to take some time with controversial questions 
I do have some policies in place for respectful engagement. I don't assume that respectful engagement means the same thing to everyone. And as such, I have some policies. But I think the really important point is to just always sort of counsel folks to think about taking a step back, disengaging, walking away, and and thinking about the effect that whatever it is that they're about to say or do can have on their actual workplace. I'll jump in as well, echoing what's been said, although I'll, I'll highlight just from a legal perspective, you know, it's interesting as we talk about these things, it's important to remember that rudeness is not illegal necessarily, and that the laws in most jurisdictions and certainly federal law do not enforce a, a general civility code. But that's not a, the best defense to raise should you find yourself in litigation or some other controversy involving disrespect in the workplace. Much better as a best practice to make sure your employees know that you do expect them to be respectful of each other in the workplace. To set expectations as we get into campaign season, a lot of employers in 2016 or in early 2017, when things were becoming heated in the political world, had meetings or issued communications with their employees explaining what they expected of them. They did not, in most cases that I'm aware of, shut down political discussion, although in some cases that's permissible. But my suggestion for most employers is, as you both have stated, to set expectations, to be clear about the fact that we support you as employees and being engaged citizens. And we also expect that in the workplace, you're going to get your job done, be respectful of one another. And no matter what the controversy is, to be able to do those things at the same time. And I think Again, having policies in place, like you mentioned, Cynthia, is a great tool for being able to do that, as well as a part of those policies, having good reporting procedures in place so that employees feel like there's a place to go if they feel like a conversation has gone in the wrong direction from respectful political discourse to something that infringes on protected rights. Thank you, Christopher. I want to thank both of you for just chatting with me about this topic. Uh, as I said in the beginning, I think it's very relevant now. And it, it brings me back to, I'm still hopeful that we can get back to the point where we respect, as you both have said, one another, and we appreciate diversity of thought. There was a time when it didn't matter whether or not people agreed. It was just having the opportunity to voice your opinion so it could be part of the discussion. And one of the things that we were built on, and I continue to say this to people who get a little heated in social media is we as Americans have to get it together. We've always said, united we stand, divided we fall. The division has got to stop and we have to come together as a country for the same reason that you've given examples for the workforce. We're there to accomplish something and we must work together and respect each other. But again, thank both of you for discussing this relevant topic and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to hear what others have to say. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm glad to be able to participate. For more information about our university, visit us at study at apu.com. APU, American Public University.